Ah, yes, Ethan, I knew that you'd get horny because I was horny first. <laughs> like, that's basically it. Bum, bum. Tom Cruise wearing a makeup called Ballsack Face in an interview. <laughs> bum, bum. He wanted $150,000 and that was like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It's not. <laughs> it is for me. All right, I'm going to send Brad my Venmo link. <laughs> <laughs> bum. Bum, bum, bum. I took the knock list. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a say knock on the outside of it, too. <laughs> yeah, right, it's big sharpie. <laughs> like right in front of Luther, just a little... Uh, super weird. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go. Bum, 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 but I think it would have been so funny if some guy takes his mask off, it's Tom Cruise, then the girl takes her mask off, she's Kittredge, and then Kittredge takes a mask off and he's Tom Cruise, and then and then eventually you get to the point where there's three Tom Cruises in the room, and then one of the Tom Cruises goes, and, he, and then there's just a skull, and the, like he just ripped his actual face off. <laughs> He's just like, ah, ah, just and just runs out of the train. I was four when this movie came out. My buddy Jordan's like, I was two. And I'm like, dang. And they're still making these things? Damn. Welcome, everybody, to the first review-a-thon. Basically a copy-paste of Kind of Funnies in Review. That's a joke for legal purposes. Uh, I'm, I'm Brian, and I'm here with Brad and Aaron Roots. Follow them on their socials, but we're here today to review, recap, and rank the F- Mission Impossible movie, starting with Mission Impossible 1 in the lead-up to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, the only Part 1 this year that actually kept it in its title. Uh, and everybody can come join live on Twitch Wednesdays. Uh, check it out on YouTube Spotify or any of the other podcast platforms, Spotify and YouTube for the video, audio everywhere else. And if you want an ad-free free experience, go over to moviesaredope.com, get it a free month in the membership, and you'll be entered for giveaways, including this 25th anniversary edition of Mission Impossible with digital copy and a collectible car decal. <laughs> wow. It's still sealed because I'm lame. <laughs> um, but <laughs> today, uh, oh, also, I want to just mention that anybody who wants to see Dead Reckoning two days early, there's special screenings on Monday. That's where I'm going. Just giving a heads up. Uh, but we're reviewing Mission Impossible, directed by Brian De Palma, story by David Kep and Stephen Zayan. Zayan? Zaylian? Hey, Vegas girl on fire. Uh, and written by David Kep and Robert Town, adapted as a sequel to the hit TV show of the same name. Any first thoughts about the movie before we get into some trivia, guys? Go for it, Brad. Um, entertaining. Um, this movie kicked off a franchise that is now eight movies, nine movies. It's about to be eight, yeah. About to be after eight, after know. part two. Okay, I was gonna say because we know there's part two, so eight movies. Um, it's not as big as like the bond franchise but i think the bond had a head start um cranking up movies back <laughs> yeah and they were cranking them out so i mean um i don't think the quality is as high as a uh, movie like this but uh yeah i mean solid solid start, solid entry solid start to the franchise yeah. yeah i agree uh i've only seen the first 
three Mission Impossible movies, and they were so long ago. Like rewatching this was like watching it for the first time ever. And I watched it with my buddy Jordan, and we had the best time. We were cracking up, like we were having such a fun time with this movie. Like I, we, we like bust a gut every time someone would rip their mask off and reveal that it's just Tom Cruise. It was so funny. And- I, I also like how they. Um- he wanted $150,000 and that was like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not at all. <laughs> it is what, do you, what do you want? I want $150,000. <laughs> okay, cool. What else? Sure. You know? yeah. All right. I'm going to send Brad my Venmo link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, what is it? Wait, Brad, when was the first time you watched these? Because we were originally going to do a minute by minute podcast called Minutes Accomplished. <laughs> Not I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> uh, uh, it'll happen if <laughs> this becomes our full-time job. <laughs> um, I first watched this when we were talking about doing that podcast, and I had bought all the movies, and then I had waited until like, a like, year? couple months. Yeah, a couple months, half a year or so, and then I was like, "All right, well, I'm just going to watch these movies. I have all of them." Yeah, I was like, Brad, but stop waiting. If you if you've been waiting still, just stop. Um, the craziest thing for for me is like I said, I was watching this with one of my buddies, and we were like, when did this come out? Because obviously it does feel dated now. And you watch it, or, or we looked it up, and it was like 1996. And I was like, oh, I was four when this movie came out. <laughs> my buddy Jordan's like, I was two, and I'm like, dang. <laughs> and they're still making these things. Damn. Yeah, the uh, the Mission Impossible movies. I mean, it's not uncommon to have it related, but they're a lot like the Fast and Furious movies, where it took a while for them to get going. But then mm-hmm. once they did, it just is a bigger budget and bigger mm-hmm. box office. And especially with what uh, Top Gun Maverick was, Tom Cruise's first billion dollar movie. I I can't wait to see if the part one actually brings the box office down for dead reckoning, but I I'm hoping it doesn't. And uh, I'll openly admit this, the scene between Ethan and Phelps, where we're having flashbacks to the opening uh, job. If I didn't know the twist, I would have been so fucking confused. Oh, <laughs> dude, we, we, we had to rewind it. We're like, wait, <laughs> wait, is she evil or is he? And we had to rewind it. We're like, oh, OK, OK, sure. Yeah, we got it. They, thank you. That validates me so much because I went in knowing and I was like, everyone just kept saying how brilliant to, and it is brilliant. I, I won't say it's not that it was a cool way, but like for me, I just, it just needed to be clearer, I guess. And that's something that happens over the course of the franchises. It does get better, like more clear, just like any franchise. Yeah. The next one is everyone's resounding favorite. Yes. <laughs> compared to the first. Totally. I mean, we haven't seen it. We're playing. Down. We, I've never no seen this movie spoilers. before in my life. <laughs> no future spoilers, but spoilers for this one. If you haven't figured out already. Um, now for trivia, Brad, what do you got for us? Um, sure. Uh, Peter Graves, who played Jim Phelps in the original TV show, um, was supposed to um, supposed to appear in this movie. Do you know why he chose not to appear in this movie? Because he uh aaron i'm gonna let you guess because i know the he answer he had a dentist appointment <laughs> oh no. so close chiropractor oh man you're Damn. so you're right there no but he was he I was mean, the, uh, your spine is technically the teeth of your back if you think about it 
Nailed it. Teeth are just bones. So. <laughs> I gotta add, uh, what is it? Something I forget his first name, but something the stallion on TikTok. He said he heard. Uh, brushing your teeth is the only time you clean your skeleton. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, what was it? The answer is what he was the main character in the TV show, right? I think I've seen like one episode and he called it character assassination and he wouldn't play it. Right. Yep. Be- because he was going to be, he was going to be the traitor of this movie. Spoiler, yeah. spoilers, obviously, but um, yeah. he didn't want to be the, the traitor of this movie. So, he was, yeah. he wanted Phelps to be a good boy. <laughs> So instead, we got one of the most lackluster performances out of Angelina Jolie's dad I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I won't I, mention it multiple times in the plot. <laughs> it blows my mind that I, I every time somebody says that I have to think about it. I'm like, wait, no, he actually is, isn't he? I'm like, that's not just a, a funny ha ha thing, but no, he actually is. Yeah, everyone can Google that whole situation, so we don't get. Uh, uh, off track and by we i mean me leading everyone off track like i'm wanting to do <laughs> all right uh, uh next question originally there was a love triangle sequence early in the film between ethan hunt jim phelps and claire which is phelps wife however is removed at the suggestion of uh what's the director's name day david uh de palma Brian de palma um at the suggestion of de palma's friend and other famous director who was that director? What was the, let me ask, what was the love triangle supposed to be at the beginning? Ethan Hunt, Jim Phelps, and Claire, which is Phelps' wife. I mean, I, th- I feel like we still have a lot of that in here. So what was the actual scene? Do you know? I, I don't know. I don't know what the actual scene is. I'm sure it just got expanded upon the, the love triangle. My guess is George Lucas. My guess is Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Wes Anderson, so close. I mean, it was, really? No, it was oh. uh, George. It was George Lucas. <laughs> oh, it was um, George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> he said it took the audience out of out of the genre, so it just didn't fit real. I mean, I guess George fit. would know. Yeah, yeah. The guy who uh, who when carrying <laughs> the Ewoks blinked when uh, who is it? Carrie Carrie Fisher asked. Wait, why can't I wear a bra in space? He's just like, because the science doesn't work. <laughs> That's just how it is in space. Her eyelines right here. He's like, why can't I wear a bra in space? <laughs> you just can't. You just can't, okay? <sighs> so, why do I got to wear this slave outfit? Because that's the only thing Jabba has. <laughs> I actually think, I mean, all things considered, the point of that seed was supposed to show that Jabba was a creepy piece of shit. So, I mean, yeah, you could have did that without it's, that, but I mean, hey. I licked her. Okay, moving on. Question number three, please. Question number three. Mission Impossible opened in the United States on May 22nd, 1996 in a then record 3,012 theaters, becoming the first first film to be released over 3,000 theaters. Hmm. And it broke um, the record for film opening on a Wednesday, beating Terminator 2 Judgment Day at 11.7 million. How much did Mission Impossible earn on that first Wednesday? Just one day? Yep, just one day. And I'm already telling you it's over the number (laughs) 11.7. I'm helping you out here. I mean, I know I'm dumb, but if I get under when you said it broke the record, I deserve to get shamed publicly. Thirteen point two million. I'm gonna guess around twenty million. I'm not going granular. Um, it was 
11.8 million. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang it. I was going to say 15. I was like, you know, it's Tom Cruise. I don't know what I don't know what the Scientology diet does. Probably $150,000. Yeah, but to earn, to earn a, almost $12 million, just short of $12 million in one night, an opening night for an opening of a franchise. Plus in the 1996. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that did pretty well. I mean, just opening night, I mean, we will find out the rest of the box office here in a little bit, but I mean, it still did pretty solid. All right. Does everybody think, let's say, I don't know. We'll triple that. Does that, who thinks dead reckoning part one on a Monday night, their early screening will get more than 30. And who thinks it would get under 30 in one day today without looking think, up inflation calculators. I and think that? it'll get under. I think, under I think it'll be under. Um, be it's under. not, it's not well advertised. Um, oh, it kind of just a, it kind of just popped up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I do think opening Thursday, opening Thursday night, opening Friday, I think the two days Absolutely. combined will be will crush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that first Monday will. Okay. Yeah. All right. Question number four. In this movie, how many times does Ethan Hunt fire his gun? Oh, that's easy. Aaron, you want to go? Zero. Yep, zero. Zero times. First spy movie <laughs> that's, that has, you know, traditionally the spy trope is a gunfight somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Fires Which, his like, I knew the answer, but as I was saying it, I was realizing, I was like, oh yeah, he never fires. There's guns in the movie and there are gunshots in the movie, but I was like, yeah, Tom Cruise mostly fights with sticks of gum in this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I, only, <laughs> I only knew that off the top. I probably would have guessed zero, but off the top of my head, I knew that because I was going to put it in my 420 review and be like, lots of, which is one word, lots of guns, two bullets. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only two shots in the whole movie. Well, both, here, here's both my next question. Else. Here's my next question. Question number five. How many total gunshots are there in this movie? I'll give you a hint. So far, you're wrong. <laughs> two's two's not right. Total? Two's not right. Um, say, f- mm, let's say four. What are the gunshots? Because here's the two I remember: Phelps shooting himself, Phelps shooting his wife. Okay. Well, there's a total of five. I mean, I don't. I didn't write down which gunshots there were, uh, but there's a total of five gunshots in this entire movie. But who is shooting? I don't, I don't know. I didn't write that down. I mean, I wasn't expecting a question on my trivia <laughs> questions. <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, because I don't, Actually, I don't, I, I mean, honestly, I truly don't. It could have maybe been one of those scenes where you like, just punishing me, Brad. <laughs> all those guys had guns storming in, but I don't remember. No, because they were storming in when Ethan was already gone. So, yeah, yeah no, there was no gunshots there. I mean, one huh. lady in that team definitely shoved a gun into a vacuum, red vacuum's face for no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again because that's from IMDb, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that you were like one, two, three, four. Erase all of it from your mind. <laughs> um, I get. It. Okay, I'm excited to find where the other three are. I'm. I mean, unless he, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine the internet would lie to me. The internet never lies to me. No, deep fake. You're only allowed to tell the truth on the internet. It's illegal if you lie. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this is the truthful internet in this movie, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a lot. Yeah, with, flop, with floppy disks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need right. to type in access internet on his laptop. <laughs> That's also a briefcase. And anyone can get an email from <laughs> anyone yeah, yeah. can access the the Max at job. <laughs> that was her email. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how emails work, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, Max at Job three sixteen or something like that, or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. All right, you oh, said boy. five trivia's, right? Yeah, that was it. That was all five. Uh, all right. So, with a release date of May twenty second, nineteen ninety six, a budget of eighty million dollars, it opened to what eleven point eight? You said on a, yep, a one day on a Wednesday on a Wednesday. Wow. Well, and uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1 officially opens on Wednesday this time as well. Get your tickets. Uh, but the total box office was $457.7 million at the time with a runtime of 1 hour 50 minutes. If you want, if you're excited by all of this, feel free to go over to moviesardope.com and get any Mission Review-a-thon hoodie, shirt, uh, pillow, or a candle fuse included uh we are all getting shirts they're coming in the mail so you can see them before you choose you can get 21 percent discount easy uh but in the meantime you can get this uh shirt which aaron adjusted the i don't know how you say it adjusted cha- added to the normal design and added some drip uh, so i bribed <laughs> him with a shirt so i could legally use it <laughs> easy. just give me free merch you can get anything you want <laughs> and uh yes right. so now, uh, now, <laughs> now it is time for the plot would you like the mission if that's not impossible you say impossible all i'm here all i hear is i'm possible crickets <laughs> it makes more sense when you see it written down we open with Kiev, someone watching a video of a cry. It must be a telenovela, I'm guessing, but not in Spanish because they're watching a video of a crying man. He's got a dead body problem, uh, but he's getting help from a Burt Reynolds impersonator and a woman who who got called away from Oktoberfest. The, The surveillance camera, or I mean the TV show, has miraculous zoom and focus capabilities for 1996. The name of the guy, the name the guy gives up is Dimitri. Keep that in mind for the future. I'm sure it won't uh, be important at all. But surprise, it was all a wicked, wicked ruse to get Crying Man to give up the goods. They feed dude some vodka with the fastest knockout juice on the planet. And by the way, for anyone watching this for the first time, not checking out Kind of Funnies in review, I'm just speed running through this review and the gentleman will interrupt me. That's how it goes. When when they pulled away to reveal that it was a set, I was like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> so like, what did that guy think that he did if the woman wasn't dead? Like, what did he actually do? Did he just wake up and she was like all bloody? Okay. I, think I was so. like, um, other than that, what happened? Like, I, I really wish. So I have a I have a soundboard also. So when mm-hmm. we were watching that, like, I, I was like, hang on, I have to rewind it. And then we're watching clips and I'm just playing... <laughs> And just like laughter and applause and stuff like that. It was so fun. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> that's that's great. I love that you're treating as I'm watching a TV show. Yeah, uh, and, and it's totally normal for this guy to just wake up with a dead body there. I mean, it's yeah, just that's what it's I'm saying. Totally He's normal. Like, what did he He's like, oh, this happens is? all the time. This yeah. last last weekend, I was in Cabo three times. It was nuts. 
Wait, well, he's like, uh, D- Dimitri did it. I didn't. I didn't do this. I don't. Know. Wait. So, not to bring up anything from a movie called Fallout because we haven't seen those movies uh, canonically in this mm-hmm. show. But now I, I've, I've uh, poked holes in certain things throughout this. But now I'm thinking about it. Dude wakes up like after a blackout, has a dead body, and because the first line we hear is "It's a good thing you called us Dimitri," but with subtitles. Uh, this guy presumably stayed in the room, never tried to leave, called Tom Cruise in uh, Burt Reynolds makeup, and Tom Cruise had to wait at least, what, five, ten minutes <laughs> to, to be like, wow, yeah. magically I'm at a, a Del Taco around the corner before yeah. showing up. And the guy never thinks to split. <laughs> yeah, and every every time tom cruise is like wearing a disguise in this movie it never looks convincing it looks like a disguise so this guy is probably like emotionally distraught he thought he killed somebody he's probably drunk and he sees this guy and he's probably just like well well, maybe it's just a weird looking dude but i'd look at that guy and i'd be like you're not that's not a real guy there's no way that guy's not real and i'd pull his nose off why are, your, why are your eyes set so far back? That's weird. Yeah, why, why are like, your forehead wrinkles look sculpted in? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the dead woman is an agent named Claire who was put under. When waking her up, Ethan looks at her the way Tom Cruise would look at a Scientology Bible. I guess thou shalt not cover the married babe ain't in that Bible. And I wrote that without realizing that thou shalt not cover another man's wife would actually be referenced. Then the movie shows us the coolest trailer for the movie, which spoilers also epilepsy warning. Uh, after <laughs> I just got to say really quick, the way that it goes into the opening credits is kind of like anticlimactic. Cause it's like, she's laying down and she's like, did we get him?" And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of weird like edit after he unintentionally or lets her almost unintentionally suck his thumb <laughs> while waking up like how awkward like just move, move your fucking finger dude. get your hand on my goddamn face she's coming awake it's it's whatever it's quote-unquote fine to just be like holding her head and be like concerned but as she goes over it's like this like Move the, move the thumb like why are you leaving it there uh, but av- <laughs> after the trailer we find Angela Gina, a- Angelina Jolie's pop on a plane let me just say who forgot to give this man his coffee the whole shoot because he gives a more energetic performance in both Transformers 1 and both National Treasure movies <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a crazy John Voight performance watch Anaconda it's oh most- I didn't even he know he was in that it. it's very weird I, I forgot that he was even in that movie. Right? I watched it. I gotta say, Blockbuster imploding sucked because they had the best deal. You could pay $30 a month and get unlimited two times at a uh, two rentals at a time. And this will say a lot about how uh, my social life, but man, I'd go there, watch two movies, come back for two more movies before they close. I get two more movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and let me just say who, oh wait, I already said that line. Anyway, a steward is moonlighting as an IMF agent delivers him a mission briefing in a mini VHS. What is this? Why didn't it take off? It seems to be a smaller VHS would have been great for storage purposes. Anyway, your mission, should you choose to accept it? And questions I have, 
uh, why besides why didn't smaller VHSs pop off? Why does the tape open with the IMF logo? Why does the tape say for the eyes of Jim Phelps only? The stewardess is there to make sure only Jim Phelps gets the tape. But in a movie all about keeping secret agent identities a secret, we open with the IMF leaking their own agent's name. If someone had gotten to the tape, the tape off the stewardess, boom, Jim Phelps is doxxed, not to mention doxing his own team later in the video. And then when explaining how the knock list works, we see code names being matched up with real names. Are these real? Are these names accurate? Or did I am in some IMF intern get tasked with coming up with a bunch of fake names so the tape can spoon feed acquisition to one of their top agents? Anyway, interesting note. How, how, how does it work? How, how can you have like a list of real names and a list of fake names? Do they like, all right. One Jim Phelps or, or Ethan There's Hunt, a legend to Tom it. Cruise. Yeah, like is there like a a one to one? Is it like all right, number two is number two on this one? Like how how does I don't, I don't understand I how the works. So I guess there's some. I mean, don't ask me how. Um, what is it? Uh, zipping up a file and then unzipping it somehow doesn't do any compression. I don't understand that, but I'm guessing it's something advanced like that where it's just like you add the two together and then boop 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 boop. Which yeah, I mean, okay. So put the thing on like a, a like, all right, on one sheet. If you go four down and one over, you get the real name. To five down and two over this way, like, <laughs> encrypt it somehow, like just like a stupid, like a stupid spreadsheet. Like the, I don't understand why you'd need both. Really, you should only just need one, and you should be good. If you're the names of the real, the real names of the people's agents, who cares what their agent name is? Just go chase down those the real people names. I mean, I mean the fit. Yeah, true. You could look that up, see if they have a presence online. Although <laughs> the internet's weird, um, but the fake names are enough. Just any anyone who's existing with a fake name is a agent. Wait, I didn't even realize that. That's a great point because they steal the fake name or they think they steal the fake names first. You don't need the other half. You don't need Who them. Who cares? Just go just chase like, those people. Just like, hey, anyone got a. Uh, Donald McLovering. <laughs> oh, oh, there's ten. Oh, there's ten of you. All right, we're just gonna kill all ten of you, or we're gonna kill <laughs> the first one until they admit that they they are the secret agent, and not kill the rest of you guys. Okay, cool. Yeah, basically, yeah. if there's a question that comes up about the movie, or if there's like a plot hole, the answer is it's classified. That's the whole. That's the whole answer we get. It's classified. That's just how so it works. <laughs> you know what? I gotta say, pointing out these uh, inconsistencies. Like I kept hearing that they were going without a script and the plot doesn't make sense. I was like, what are you talking about? They need to, someone wants the knock list. Someone doesn't want them to get the knock list. Simple. They do a lot of cool set pieces. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. There's so many. Uh, I I don't get it, but Hey, I'm not, I'm I'm just a simple man. There's there's a reason you're not in a spy agency. Yeah. Classified. Classified. Can't be there. Uh, Interesting note. Kittredge calls Phelps' team your IM force. So let's see if that stays consistent throughout the series. Oh, and Papa... Mission force. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you're... Yeah, either they... I imagine they should just be saying your impossible mission force or your IMF team. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and Papa Jolie lights a cigarette on the plane to cover up the smoke from the tape self-destructing. Keely Jones would be jealous if you don't know what that name is. Google it and change your life for the better. Uh, (laughs) How do I remove? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wasn't going to permanently remove you, but (laughs) since I had the button. Uh, And then 
We jump to another exposition scene with the team. Phelps names every character and every character gets a little quip or line. Then he asks any questions and Ethan starts goofing off, making jokes about the terrible coffee. It's mentioned that Phelps recently stayed at the Drake Hotel in Chicago, but I'm sure that won't be relevant later. We get a glimpse of people getting ready. Tech dude is giving fancy lady secret camera glasses. On the computer, there's a live feed and no pressure, but Brad, do you know how they did that on the day uh, in the trivia? Did they mention it at all that you saw? The what? Which part? When they have the camera, they show the live feed in the same shot, and it actually is the live feed, so I was wondering if there was something in the trivia. Nope. Well, the they, only they paid Apple thirty five hundred dollars for the for the pair of glasses, and then they just hardwired it into the screen, and they did it that way. Yep, that was version one of the whatever they're calling the thing that I'm never going to be able to afford to buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the only thing the only thing about the trivia about this scene that I knew of um, was that this is the third movie that uh, Tom Cruise and Escoban, what's his name, Pablo, Escobar. Want- oh Emilio Estevez. Estevez, I, I think Glory Escobar, and I couldn't get out of my head. <laughs> um, this is the third movie that they've done together at this point. Nice, Charlie Sheen's brother. Yep. So also, I, um, first movie uh, Tom Cruise ever produced. This one. Yep. Yep. Knew that too. Um, I'm trying to think of the other movies. Um, one of them was uh, Billy the Kid movie when he was Billy the Kid, and then the other one was like Anaconda, <laughs> Guns, or something like that. There's. The- uh, the scene where Tom Cruise is sitting there like joking around with everybody and just chewing gum, just snapping his gum. I was like, that's the most like chipper and happy. We're probably ever going to see him in these movies. Cause like when the second he's like disavowed, he's just like dead serious forever after that. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I really like the like weathered, um, Ethan hunt we have now. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? This actually, this isn't uh characters or i guess the later ones wouldn't be character assassination like i could see him being like 25 him just thirsting after his boss's wife just being uh-huh. a little cocky and then after he gets knocked down a couple times he's like okay i guess there are other things besides being hot shit talking about the coffee guess i have to grow up and never <laughs> shoot my handgun <laughs> I guess this is the moment I start caring about my team members. <laughs> After they're dead. Yeah, it's a hard lesson learned. Every new team member, member, every new team might just be wiped out in three seconds. So start. Uh, Note to self, stay away from elevators. Yeah, start appreciating your team members. Also, I forgot to mention when I was talking about the Mission Possible Review-a-thon, or Mission Review-a-thon merch, but that, that shirt Aaron got... Uh, feel free to get it <laughs> until you uh, see if it looks good on us or not. Young Gun Outsiders. Those are the two movies. Okay. Nice. I know. I had to look it up. I couldn't remember. I could see the movies in my head, but I just couldn't spit them out. <laughs> uh, then we see some talk about learning the streets around the area and the identity of the man Ethan would be masquerading as. And we see the man he'll be impersonating, Tom Cruise, wearing a makeup called Ballsack Face. In an interview. <laughs> And in this public interview, we find out that not only is IMF a publicly known about section of the United States government, we're to assume they chose this politician to impersonate simply because he wants some transparency about the IMF, which I would say is reasonable. I mean, there has to be some level of transparency with the CIA and FBI within the government, even if the minority citizens don't get a piece behind the curtain. I find it especially funny since... The last thing he says is essentially, we got to make sure they're spending taxpayer money responsibly. This is democracy after all. So maybe unintentionally we're being told that the IMF as an organization is anti-democracy. 
Uh, finally, we get a look at a special gum that not only blows up when folded, but gets inexplicably sticky, even though it's bone dry. Uh, we go over to the mission. Tech guy gets into an elevator craft. Fancy lady pretends to be a mistress to the pro-democracy senator we're supposed to hate. I bet you can't remember me. Uh, and third woman's job is standing on the stairs. I'm sure there's no reason I'm not using their names in the summary. Please stop asking. As we scope out their target, we find out there's an Easter egg for Into the Spider-Verse. In that movie, there was a character at Miles' school who was always looking almost directly into the camera, and here we see his parents on the stairs looking straight into the camera. Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what else is subtle? Fancy lady spraying perfume past the back of her head onto the head of their target. This perfume marks him when looking through special tinted glasses. I imagine they could have just had third woman follow him but ignoring the unsubtle way she sprayed the guy this is simpler because third woman can easily see him around the whole area and i have a question why is this fancy party set on the stairs are they raising money for cardio or was there not a ballroom event it's a fundraiser to build a ramp (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that would actually be amazing wheelchair accessible building we need that more often the, uh, I, the millennium's coming. We have to build ramps everywhere. That that's actually a great idea. That five seconds later, I'm like, but you should you should be like, yes, we'll do this, and no handicapable people can be there. Who need yeah, them. no <laughs> crippled people at all. You can't come in. <laughs> that's why we build the stairs. Also, to go back to the gum scene for a second. So, I I love that they they sh- the the guy showed Tom Cruise the gum the scene right after we saw him chewing gum. So the whole time when I was watching this and I was joking around with my friend, I was saying it'd be so, cause he's, he, first of all, he gives it to him and shows it to him and hands it to him without it in the wrapping, which is like probably not a good idea to begin with. He's like, just don't chew it. There was, there was so many yeah. times where it would have been so funny if he had just been like, Oh man, like he gets like disavowed and he's like running away from people. He's like, man, I got to take the edge off and he doesn't smoke. So he just goes, and his head just, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, so and they made, they made it so much of a point for him snapping his gum in that in that first scene. Yeah, like it was almost to the annoying part. Like, dude, stop snapping your gum, or I'm going to punch you in the face. Like yeah. it was like know- that level of annoyance, just to make sure that we understood that Tom Cruise in this scene um, chewed gum. It's annoying. If you notice, I think it's only that first scene and the scene with the the explosion gum that he's chewing gum. He stops yeah. chewing gum the rest of the movie. <laughs> I, I, like, I can't I, chew gum. I'll die if I yeah, mess up. I'm sure it was just a, no, we just need, I actually appreciate that they put it in the other scene because it was if it was only just the scene explaining it, I'd be like, that's lazy. But mm-hmm. I want to believe it's because he's like, okay, not even risking it, but I'm sure it's mm-hmm. just the no, we're not going to have him chewing gum in every fucking scene. Well, just chew normal <laughs> gum. Don't chew, chew like the zebra fruit gum that's like multicolored. Just like chew <laughs> yeah. normal piece of gum. No or fruit, get the, fruit gum. Fruit or, gum, yeah. Or get the ones that look that are kind of encased in a shell like M&M's. <laughs> so it's always a different shape. <laughs> He's never reaching for a strip. Or like a little trident, little, little rectangle ones that are a lot smaller, not flat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tropical fruit is my favorite of those. Uh, Fancy lady brings Ethan and Balsack face makeup to a special elevator protected by Marines. And we get a bit of tension when tech guy is racing to upload fancy 
lady's bogus credentials, which makes me ask, why do they never send the tech guy in before the mission starts? Especially here, they weren't preparing for the mission as they sped over to the location. They had time to premeditate everything days in advance. Just send tech guy in 30 minutes earlier. They get into the elevator and down to a special room, and there are two things to point out. Their whole plan is to turn the special computer awkwardly to one side and leave one pair of camera glasses behind sitting out in the open. So basically the plan is screwed if their target straightens out the computer or wonders why someone left their glasses lying around. Admittedly, that one would be weirder if he's just like, Hmm. Very strange. I must move these. Their plan, their plans room. They're like Ethan. We lost visual. Well, what do you see? The lost and found. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I, I'm just imagining him sitting down, adjusting the computer. Which, by the way, they're only wanting to see the computer to confirm that he took the knock list. Which, by the way, if he if he turns the computer and then like puts in a floppy disk and is like, yes. And does this? You you got it. You're done. Yes, I took the knock list. It's got to say they, knock on the outside of it too. <laughs> yeah, writes it big sharpie. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the thing with the tech guy is like no. Well, they sent him in basically to just operate the elevator, but John Voight could operate the elevator from where he was at too. So what the hell yeah. is the point of Emilio Estevez going in there? I, because I guess he had to die. That's why. I guess to connect it to the other, but then again, you could just be like, boop, bye. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was to kill him. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, where where did I leave off? Uh, um, okay, so basically the, the, the play- stairs. And the second thing I want to ask is here starts Papa Jolie's most monotone performance in the whole film. Oh, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, ball sack. And then Fancy Lady go to make their escape, but the elevator starts moving without Tech Guy's instruction, which is bad because if they can't get out, they'll get caught by the target. But if they made it out of the elevator, he still would have seen them getting getting out of the or made it onto the elevator. He would still have seen them getting out of the elevator. And worst case, if he saw them in the room, they were still allowed to be there since the Fancy Lady had access to the restricted area. So really, they could have pretended they went down there to fool around. I mean, she already framed herself oh, that, the dude that reminds me mistress. another thing that i really liked was before they got on the elevator they're standing they're standing there waiting for the elevator while another guy's like in the room and they're like tell me do you have a man who works for you named this and that's the tech guy's name jack. yeah and he, yeah named jack and he's like oh yeah i remember jack unreliable fellow can never get his work done on time i'm like <laughs> oh they're talking about him but they're making it seem like they're talking about someone else that's really smart i love how they did that yeah. yeah, and then and then he's like, and he's talking crap back to him, like I'm working on it. Shut, yeah, like, Shut up. <laughs> up! I'm doing it. Yeah, so presumably they'd want to have uploaded the ID and fingerprint before she got to the elevator, I guess, mm-hmm. just to not risk any suspicion from the Marines sure. in plain clothes. I guess. Um, how, how long did it take that computer to find her? Find her picture in in thumbprint. That it took forever. Yeah, it was up internet. It was like scrolling through like the white pages or like a um like a school a yearbook. It's like up, oh, that, yeah. that's not the right person. Keep going, next page. Honestly, I guess uh, with it being 1996, I wouldn't be surprised if the system. It seemed to me because it was showing pictures that it would get like close to the same fingerprint. And be like, well, this one, is that the person? Is that the person? So the Marines can double check. But then what happens if someone has a legit fingerprint and then it like 
goes to a different person is like, is this the person? They'll be like, that's not the person. <laughs> the answer is it's classified. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they don't do that. Instead, hide at the bottom of the elevator shaft and get out that way. Uh, they confirm the target has a knockless and Ethan starts taking the ball sack off his face. Ball sack, I meant to write ball sack uh, uh, makeup, which, by the way, I don't know if it was just a mistake, but it, we see it immediately rips at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just sure, tears, yeah. I, I would be willing to bet $5 that, that it was supposed to tear a little further. And they're like, mm-hmm. That's the best we got. as many yep. times One as that happens in that movie, I wish that there had been a moment where like, somebody well I'll, I'll get i'll get there when we get to the point in the movie i'll get there don't worry about it and were you yep, gonna so say you, something brad you only get one take at this it ripped it it's like oh <laughs> yeah, we've got to use expensive. this one yeah yeah this is the one time we're putting actual makeup on you and not gonna cgi <laughs> at all uh all right they can uh, take it off his ball sack makeup off his face while the team kicks in but can I ask, were Fancy Lady and Tech Guy supposed to be potential love interests? Because earlier he complimented her eyes and I thought she ignored it, but now she compliments his ass. She says, like, it's such a nice ass. He's like, it's a lonely ass. Um, I don't know. I, were they supposed to have chemistry, but they just didn't? What's going on? Anyway. Look, man, it's the 90s. If you can't appreciate a nice ass, what can you do? You know what I mean? And also counter uh, uh, response to your response. It's classified. Exactly. Classified. <laughs> uh, Ethan and fancy lady go outside to stay and watch and the elevator misbehaves again. This time killing tech guy literally because there was one really long metal spike amongst all of them at the top of the elevator shaft. And he decided to stay sitting in the one spot where that long metal spike would kill him by only going like a foot into his face. Which I say only because he could have have ducked. Yeah. He could have. In the shoulder or something. Yeah. In the shoulder, he could have fallen over and be perfectly fine. Looked up and lined himself up. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, well, today is the day, Ma. (laughs) He he played baseball. He played a lot of baseball in high school. He just used to getting underneath it. He thought it was a baseball for a second there, went to catch it and didn't make it. Yep. See, I don't know sports, so I barely understood what the reference was. Sports ball. Sports. <laughs> sports ball. Uh, but yeah, literally sit anywhere else and he's Gucci, so let's pour out one for the tech guy, which may- I'm thirsty. <laughs> when the target comes outside, Ethan and Fancy Lady have eyes on him, and I thought Fancy Lady was drugged for a second because she chose to rest her head on Ethan's shoulder, but in a way that makes it look like her neck muscles aren't working anymore. I'm I guess. Tired. I guess you could say that there's a piece of the wall that would block her view, but then later she like gets up and like looks back and is like, he's out of pocket but before he goes. And she's like clearly looking straight at him. So uh, <laughs> yeah. no Don't neck. Obvious. A little weird. Be like, you know what? Won't be suspicious. If this guy thinks that this other guy has drugged me. I don't know. <laughs> um, Ethan and fancy lady lose, lose eyes on the, Ethan and Fancy Lady lose eyes on the t- that just sounds wrong. It's it's correct, but they lose eyes on the target and Phelps orders everyone to abort. But Ethan is still mad that they don't have a cappuccino machine, so he disobeys the order and kind of pressures, kind of threatens Fancy Lady into ignoring the abort. Phelps orders everyone to cut off radio communication, then dies. Suddenly, Ethan wants to listen to the abort order, but Fancy Lady doesn't hear him say abort because Phelps told him to cut off radio communication, which is like, okay, pick and choose what you're going to listen to Phelps about <laughs> and what you can be threatened into not doing. Uh, but Fancy Lady sees the target get pulled and approaches him. 
Turns out he's been pulled to a gate and stabbed. Why would he be casually smoking facing a gate with an arm's length of a stranger? Stop asking questions. It's uh, classified. <laughs> I'm going to write that into the next summer. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff. Uh, Ethan catches up to Fancy Lady, and she was stabbed, too. In the earlier shot, she stopped about five full feet away from the gate. So how did her murderer pull her to the gate? Do, do they have five-foot arms? It's classified. <laughs> so, you know, every time I say it's classified, I either say stop asking questions in the script or I added it. Uh, Ethan finds her murder weapon, a serrated black knife. And as Fancy Lady dies, Ethan's expression is similar to Tom Cruise's if he ever realized that Scientology was a scam. Uh, <laughs> Ethan checks the target for the list. No list. And French police magically pull up in a boat. Did they see Papa Jolie fall in? If they did, how did they know about the knife murders? It's classified. <laughs> uh, after 10 seconds of running, French police following, but with only a gate in between, uh, it, Ethan immediately stops at the payphone and calls Kittredge. Ethan naturally is freaking out that they lost the knockless, but Kittredge is cool as a cucumber ridge. Uh, he's also in Prague. Why? <laughs> sure, it's nothing. I mean, it's classified. Uh, they meet in a restaurant under the sea. Or rather, a restaurant with a an aquarium as a roof. They small talk a bit before Ethan Hunt, hothead super spy, figures out something's off. Surprise! This was a mole hunt. The list was a decoy and suspect numero uno. Oh shit, I had uno cards here earlier. I was going to use them up as a cringy plot. Or cringy, whatever. Uh, the last agent alive, Ethan Hunt. That's their su- suspect numero uno. But they've made two mistakes. Let Kittredge choose a fancy pants restaurant with a tank of water for the sky, and they gave Ethan a piece of gum. One that's oddly sticky when dry. And we get the first Tom Cruise run, or at least the extended one, because there was a run to the payphone. Borrowing a page from F9, as soon as Ethan escapes certain capture, he returns to the team's safe house. Why isn't this the first place Kittredge looks? It's not classified. Just stop asking questions. <laughs> uh, it's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, internet's an internet that doesn't look like any internet I've ever seen. Looking for Job, the real mole. Conveniently, a holy dang Bible is perfectly placed so Ethan sees it, goes, oh yeah, not Job from Arrested Development. Finds a Bible clue and spam emails a bunch of people on the do not contact list. <laughs> <laughs> Using a very generic email. Yeah, somehow he can, the way the internet works is you can just send an email from any email address and then later access the, rece- the received emails from that email address anytime. Anyone can do it anytime. It's not confusing. No.com spaces are good. (laughs) I miss when Hollywood didn't know how the internet worked. (laughs) Uh, Ethan DIY'd a security kit system earlier and after by breaking a piece of glass and spreading out and after hours of spam emailing, the security system goes off. Who is it? Is it water soaked bleeding Phelps? Nope. That's a hallucination. It's clear freshly widowed. Another member of the team is alive. She must have done it. We're thinking it. Ethan's thinking it, but after her shattered reaction and Ethan doing a strange as fuck pat down search, including tackling her onto the bed while screaming. Mm-hmm. Look, everything else, even, even uh, in context, if this wasn't a film, if this is real life, even the, the search with the cupping of the boobs, what uh, she might have, a, I don't know. You know, she, there might be a wire, uh, something I, I get it under those circumstances. 
I'm a don't touch the lady kind of guy, but under those circumstances, I get it. Tackling and screaming onto the bed with pelvic, uh, both of their pelvic bones almost aligned. Uh, tango dancing horizontally. That's weird. Um, but we all, because of her reaction and him surging her, we all know she's innocent. And lo, the spam emails paid off and Ethan got a response. How the hell is email supposed to work in this world? Whatever. Uh, it's classified. Classified. <laughs> we jumped to a cool POV shot of Ethan meeting Max's crew, and Tom Cruise was totally on set that day. Totally recorded his lines when they filmed this bit. They put a hood over his head, and he meets Max. And he doesn't like that. He wants to meet Max face to facts. Face to, face to face. But Max is notorious for having kept his, his identity secret. Not even IMF knows Max's secret identity. So naturally, it only takes about 10 seconds of bitching and moaning before Max lets Ethan take his mask off. And what? This guy, Max? It's a lady. What a twist. That's um, a man, baby. <laughs> 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 I almost didn't understand that reference, but <laughs> I had an energy drink. Uh, while there's not a lot that can be said about this scene, they spar verbally. Ethan wants $150,000, promises to get Max a whole knock list, tips her off that the drive she has is a trap, and cops will show up as soon as she uses it. There's a flirtatious energy between Ethan and Max, all those details, uh, but... I really think that this is like the best scene in the movie and we'll see that a lot, or maybe we'll see that a lot of the best scenes in later movies, in my opinion, takes cues from this one. Uh, I hate generally the term in my opinion online, cause it's usually calling out someone for some bullshit. Like in my opinion, they sounded like a dick, <laughs> but in this, but this is art. It's my opinion. Um, they boot up the drive and can tell if it's tracking them by how hot the hard drive is. Guess that makes sense. At the same time, we see, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> we have dial-up internet, and we're worried about this disk accessing the internet based on how hot it is and sending a single, single signal, not single, signal out to somebody else, presumably not too far away, who also has access to the internet is able to walk in the building that's secured. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, we're good. I'm oh, good. this is an apartment building. Wait, they had metal detectors. Did they? They had security. Oh, okay. I forgot that part. I, I watched it more than once. Shut up. <laughs> Stop asking. Like, uh, this doesn't make zero sense. It doesn't work like this. He said anywhere between 30 seconds and 10 minutes, I think. So the 30 seconds would be weird, but, um, at the same time, we see Kittredge's team of spies close in, and they're clear all they're all clearly pros. Kittredge looks like he's cosplaying as, as a black and white Carmen San Diego with three guys dressed like scientists and a woman uh, looking a lot like the polka dot world in Across the Spider Spider Verse, where she hits the guy, uh, the spot guy. Anyway, um, who loves pointing her gun right in the face of innocent ladies just trying to vacuum? You know real pro shit and shout out to the vacuum lady after getting a gun shoved in her face with all five, at least four that she can easily see holding like packing openly. She just keeps on vacuuming. 
Yeah, she's like she's like vacuuming and she's like backing up and then turns around and the lady just has a gun in her fucking face. Let her clean, dude. And then she just sticks her own. She's in the middle of all the Haitians. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Carmen San Diego and the crew are too late. The Maximals made it out just in time. And yada yada details, but Ethan promises Max the full list if Max promises to have Job there when he gives it to her. Uh racing. apparently being disavowed doesn't include having your security clearance wiped because ethan and claire signed into the imf database to hire two more disavowed agents to help them one named luther stickle and one named leon the professional don't fact check that (laughs) (laughs) fun fact luther was supposed to die in this film but ving rames asked Cruz, why is the brother always gotta die in these (laughs) uh might have been a joke i only remember the quote but I'm not sure, so I'm not sure. But uh, Cruz listened, and now Luther is the only other character who's been in every Mission Impossible movie. So, best best good question. For Ving Rhames. Yeah, good good for him, especially at the time. You know, like yeah. we're we're just getting uh, blackening the the blackening next Monday is when I'm going to see it. It might be in theaters. It's in theaters tonight as we're streaming, uh, and they're they're still making jokes about how the black guy. Or character always dies, yeah. Uh, so good, good on both Ving Rames for asking, and shout out to Cruz for fucking listening and not just being. You know, sh- enjoy your paycheck, jeez. Yeah, un- yeah, you ungrateful minority, which is uh, the internet. Uh, Don't clip that out. Don't clip that yeah, out. Yeah, uh, fuck the critical thinker. Let me just ask, or the critical drinker. Let me just put that so I can say it. <laughs> so you can put I was, it on the mo- I was mocking time. him. Yeah, fuck him. I don't care. <laughs> like, if he watched uh, what Iron Man won today, he'd be like, oh my God. I don't know how to do his accent. He'd be like, oh my gosh, we open with the male character being being shamed by a woman <laughs> uh, yeah. in the. In the transport anyway um and, and and now the now the male act the lead male actor is uh dan's on distress so it's got to be saved by a woman uh they go over the plan minus mentioning they're stealing the knock list they're breaking into langley which by the way very interesting for the future to know that imf is stationed in langley or or at least part of theirs like are they are they just anyway uh cool little in a tent know. behind the cia <laughs> well i mean like not, we'll get to it in uh, Rogue Nation. Okay. <laughs> the tent. I just got there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're breaking into Langley CIA headquarters. Luther warns them it, it won't be easy and they'll have to be there physically. And Ethan drops the best line in the movie. Relax, Luther. It's much worse than you think. <laughs> <laughs> the plan's TLDR is they'll pretend to be firefighters to sneak into Langley crawl through a series of vents and Ethan's going to have to repel down without touching the floor, without making any noise and without raising the temperature in the room by more than a couple degrees. Cue the mission impossible theme. I, I gotta say, uh, transformers too. They use like that 21 pilots song, like 15 times in the film. Uh, and this one essentially does the same thing with the mission impossible theme, but it works every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the part where he explains the plan and then Luther's like, and you think we can do this? And Tom Cruise just leans in. And he goes, we're going to do this. Yeah. I was like, let's fucking go. And I didn't write it down in the, uh, in the summary, but I just got a shout out. Uh, well, one, I find Ethan 
very unnecessarily antagonistic. <laughs> like yeah. he, he being a little antagonist and be like, are you sure you can do it? I heard you were magical. Like, sure. That, with a <laughs> yeah, smile. Hiding the, the <laughs> thing with sleight of hand magic and stuff. Yeah. Especially in layer two. But in this one with Leon, the professional, he's just like, really? <clears throat> I thought you said this guy was good. This guy can't do it. It's like, dude, yeah. you're recruiting him still. He has. Yeah. You're still trying to convince him to join <laughs> you, dude, not to get him to quit. Yeah. But what I wanted to shout out was what he mentioned, what um, Luther did. He was like, hey, there was never any physical evidence <laughs> that I did that. That magnificent, that or that beautiful piece of work. Something I just love the delivery of that line. Like yeah. way to make me love Luther immediately. Actually, a very subtle way to make us love one character, one uh, recruited character, and hate the other. Um, uh, the plan's TLDR is they'll pretend to be firefighters, sneak into Langley, crawl through a series. I already said that. Repelled. I already said that. Uh, naturally, they rented a few fire trucks and firefighter outfits. I'm assuming that's what the 150 was <laughs> for because <laughs> he doesn't give it to anybody else. Uh, but And Ethan slaps on the same accent as the ballsack face guy he impersonated earlier. Uh, Claire, the only accent he has. Yeah. Besides his own, the one he was born with. Um, uh, Claire's job is to poison the only employee that could interrupt them, give him food poisoning. Naturally, great place to have some Diet Coke product placement in the background right before. Interestingly, as she's dosing him, not in the background. I checked. Yeah. Uh, Ethan and Leon, the professional, have to take out a security guard, and they disagree on the definition of take out. Leon thinks it means kill the dude with a black serrated folding knife, and Ethan reminds him it's no body count no money. Body count. Uh, the whole sequence is amazing. I think 15 minutes. I've heard people say this is 15 minutes, but I didn't fact check it before this. Um, you muted yourself, Brad. Yeah, my bad. It feels, <laughs> yeah. It feels really long, but at the same time, it doesn't. It feels very suspenseful through this whole That's whole what scene. some women yeah, it's, it's told me. It's very I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They've never told me. Uh, <laughs> uh, 15 minutes of silence that never drags. The employee interrupts them before needing to run to the bathroom. Leon, the professional, almost gets assassinated by Splinter, um, but he wins that face-off. And that drops Ethan into the iconic pose we all know. And also, shout-out... Not shout-out. Why am I saying that? Go to moviesaredope.com quickly if you want to see that on the website. Uh, there's a super cut there. Anyway, uh, that drops Ethan. All right. One detail. Ethan pulls out two floppy disks, but only needs one to download the knock list. I'm sure it's not important. And when they're at the finish line, Leon, the professional, shimmies up, grabs the floppy disk, says merci, and drops his knife. Why was he holding an unfolded knife in Ethan's face? Stop asking. It's classified. classified. (laughs) He used that to kill the rat with. I don't know. Oh, he he did. When, when, uh, he like drops him and Ethan gets like super close to the ground. Yeah. He's just holding him there for so long. I'm like, fucking pull him up, dude. Don't just have him sit there. I I think it's fair enough just because we saw him struggling earlier when the rat was there and they started freaking. Right. Out. I could totally see him be like, uh, okay, like breathe, build up his strength. Pull him back. Yeah, okay, sure, um, sure. But uh, one fun fact about this scene is that every time uh tom cruise dropped he kept smacking his face on the ground i think they were in this was a studio in europe because i think the story do you want to finish the 
Factor. Yep. Um, so they had to put English pounds in his shoes to balance them out. Yeah. So I mean, oh, wow. this is probably filmed. This is probably filmed in um, the James Bond studio. I'm trying to remember what that's called off the top of my head. But... Uh, Pine Wood Studios. Pinewood, yeah, yeah. Pinewood. Um, so they had to put uh, yeah, British pounds in his shoes to balance them out because he kept smacking his face on the floor. Oof. But so he's he's he saves himself a drop of sweat, catches it, but he like just drops like four yep. feet and stops on a dime. No sweat falls off of him. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure we're on. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think that. I was thinking about the fact that he's right here about to hit. He can't risk unbalancing himself to catch that. You know? Yeah. Uh, I do like how the cameras were. I actually like the um, flaws in the slow-mo sequence because the cameras could only, or I guess they could only get that much light and not enough, so it kind of seems jittery, but I dig it. Um, so presume I'm guessing that Leon, the professional's plan was take the floppy disk, stab Ethan in the face and let him fall. It gets, that's, that's my only idea. Cause why the hell would he be taking it from him saying thank you with the knife? I think it's cause he killed the rat. Oh yeah. But- he killed it, but. I think the knife was in the rat. Yeah, I don't know if he killed it with with the knife, but I don't know because it wasn't very clear. Because one second the rat's there and he, Tom Cruise is falling, and then the rat's just dead in the thing with him. Yeah, and also I, I who know. gives a shit? Like who yeah, gives a shit about the rat? <laughs> Maybe he's just holding the rope, and while Tom Cruise was there, instead of pulling him up, he's just like flipping his knife around. Just looking <laughs> at him. Like, <laughs> um, the jig is up, but thankfully they're able to slip out thanks to the whole firefighter stick. The employee who found the knife goes to Kittredge and just le- like he could have covered it. He could have just been like, oh, nothing happened. There's no cameras in there. And just like any good high ranking, qu- I put that in quotes for anyone listening on audio, uh, <laughs> any good high ranking government official, Kittredge covers it up punishes and punishes the employee for his loyalty. He'll be manning a radar tower in Alaska before the end of the day. Just send him his clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. That wasn't that guy's fault. He got he had to puke. Yeah. And, and, and it was still sealed. Like he didn't leave the door open. Yeah. And for you had another lady knew, watching. Yeah. For all <laughs> he knew, God almost dropped a knife on him into that room. Who knows? <laughs> what did you say, Brad? I missed it. There's another lady that watches the door <laughs> that, that has to get up every time, every time he came out and went back and she had to get up, put her card in too. Yeah, like it's a double people. a double key card. Yeah, uh, Leon the professional has an inferiority complex tantrum and tries blackmailing Ethan into letting him come to the Max Job meeting. But lo, Ethan swished out the discs, so that's why he had to. And he rubs it in Leon's face with some fancy sleight of hand. Which, by the way, if we can see in the trailers, sleight of hand has finally returned. I mean, what's Dead Reckoning Part 1? Uh, after being verbally cuckolded, Leon throws out the empty floppy disk and stomps out. I dig the shaming because Leon the Professional was definitely acting like a dick, but Ethan was being straight up rude before his tantrum, so mm-hmm. not the best team builder. We'll see if that changes in any future movies. Hopefully this gets a sequel. Uh, two things happen in quick succession. Ethan notices that the Bible he used came from the Drake Hotel in Chicago. I'm sure it's not important. And Claire apologizes for recruiting Leon the professional, which is important that she recruited him, or maybe. Uh, and they almost, what, make out <laughs> before she goes to sleep? Like right in front of Luther? Just a little... <laughs> 
Uh, super weird. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go. Ha! You you're getting clipped now, Aaron. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. I'm not scared. Go for it. Brad, you're the last one. You gotta get clipped by the end. Oh, I probably will. <laughs> um so so they the sleight of hand was actually sleight of hand. It was not uh, camera tricks. Tom Cruise actually did the sleight of hand trick to make that work. Cool. Um, whereas a lot of actors, it would just been camera trick to to hide the hide the disc. But nope, he actually Tom learned Cruise sleight of hand. crazy stunts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could totally see them faking him getting it from Claire. Like it just being there and get it. Or even him walking away and doing this because his back's there. It could totally fall and you just cut out the sound of it falling. I wish it would have um, been bad sleight of hand magic. So he's just <laughs> he's just holding it. He's like, here, just throws it in the back and you can see it like flying. It. Like, first it's here, it just drops it. And he's like, it's gone. You see, it just fall down. Well, on my rewatch to write down this whole summary, the part that I had to rewind just because it made me giggle was Luther's uh, bad sleight of hand. It, uh, well, I got we'll get there. Uh, so it could be like Marvel with the um, the one guy in Marvel that saw the sleight of hand, the agent. Yeah, and then yeah, he starts yeah. practicing. <laughs> that, way, that way he's good. Uh, and low again, turns out it was the right floppiness, which teaches you if you ever get shamed, cuckled in front of a room, don't just throw away the thing you thought and like fucking check it. Uh, but Ethan was bluffing. Uh, and then he entrusts Luther because if Luther had known they were stealing the necklace, he would have said no. Twist. To lure Ethan out of hiding, Kittredge frames Mama Hunt and Uncle Hunt for being drug kingpins. Uh, Ethan calls Kittredge so Kittredge can track him to London before hallucinating Phelps is there. It's not a hallucination. And Phelps gives Ethan the final piece of information. Kittredge was the real mole. And we get a cool sequence that I already admitted would have confused the hell out of me if I, if I didn't know the twist. Ethan verbally confirms that Kittredge was the mole, but but visually, we see that he knows it was really Phelps and Leon the Professional, with some possible help from Claire, but probably not. Um, Ethan gives Phelps the details about tomorrow's train meet, arranges everything with Max, and has a weird scene where Claire needs to kiss Ethan's knuckle. Cut to tomorrow, and Ethan's, or possibly fade to black and then cut to tomorrow. Uh, Ethan and Ethan sends. Yeah. Ethan sent Kittredge a couple complimentary tickets to a train ride. On the t- okay, do you realize what part of my summary I didn't say out loud before I had to get on <laughs> for this? I read it all out to practice. Uh, on the train, Ethan gives Pr- Max the disc with Luther close by to block her from emailing it out. Uh, Luther needs to dip when he sees. Ki- okay, so she could have just started writing down notes and like and. And at the end, we only see her and her first assistant get arrested. The blonde guy gets seen. Kittredge doesn't fl- follow the blonde guy. She could have written down names and given it to blonde guy, and they could still have the list afterwards. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, don't ask. That, that's, that's classified. It's cla- <laughs> classified. Yeah, exactly. Um, and. Uh, Luther needs to dip when he sees Kittredge, and thanks to a helpful employee on the train, the jammer stops jamming. Uh, Claire finds Phelps, and what? She is part of it because that wasn't, and that wasn't Phelps. It was Ethan with a Phelps mask. The okay, real this is from. This is the part I was talking about earlier. I think it would have been so funny if 
Tom, like some guy takes his mask off. It's Tom Cruise. Then the girl takes her mask off. She's Kittredge. And then Kittredge takes a mask off and he's Tom Cruise. And then, and then eventually you get to the point where there's three Tom Cruises in the room. And then one of the Tom Cruises goes, and, he, and then there's just a skull. And the, like, he just ripped his actual face off. <laughs> he's just like, ah, ah, just screams and just runs out of the train. Uh, fun fact, the uh, only repeating director, Christopher Quarry, and we're not going to be getting to any of his movies except a writing credit. Uh, an, uh, an un- he wasn't credited. He didn't actually get it. But um, he says the max for any movie should be two fa- face uh, reveals. Face-offs? Mm-hmm. It becomes, yeah, face-offs. Because it just becomes... Uh, uh, Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous and tropey. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny to me. <laughs> uh, so, so fun fact about this train is that um, they wanted Tom Cruise wanted this stunt so bad, but he could not find a, a train or um, a fan fast enough. So they had to go to a special part of Europe um, to find a fan that would go up to 140 miles an hour. So the wind blowing would actually move so his face muscles. So it would actually look real. Was it one of those places that tests the uh, the drag on cars? I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't. I just saw that they had to go to a special place to get um, to get the, just, to find this fan. They just went to an indoor skydiving place and turned the fan sideways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, they tried using a fan for the Mission Impossible jump, like a huge thing. They built it. They try like you can see pictures of it, and they were like, "Not good enough. We're doing this for real." Um, Turns out all that weird sexual shit between Claire and Ethan was Daddy Jolie's idea. I mean, not for Ethan to do it. Uh, and he also said, I knew it would work since I'd tasted the goods. Uh, important <laughs> note, earlier when he was explaining why Kittredge uh, would have been the mole, Phelps said he's in a loveless marriage, which makes what's about to happen less shocking. But uh, when Ethan uses spyglasses to Kittredge that Phelps is still alive. Of course, the logical thing for Phelps to do is kill his own wife, not kill Ethan, who's closer to him, and run. Uh, Cue a fight on top of the train with all the necessary ingredients. High winds, Leon the professionally flying a helicopter. Ethan tying the helicopter to the train. The copter having to follow them into the tunnel, which was recreated by some crazy ex-pilot who actually recorded it. In 2005. Crazy, crazy. Uh, an opposing train that knows to honk its horn before it's even around the corner, sticky dry boom boom gum, uh, explosions, a close call between a razor sharp helicopter blade and Ethan's neck, and of course Mr. Bean's talking older brother working as the caboose conductor with comical reactions galore to really add some excitement to the sequence. Luther gives... What, was was there any gunshots in the, se- in the section? Not that I know. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Besides him I'm, shooting his wife, as you're going through, I'm trying to remember like where the gunshot gunshot sequences are. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is predominantly a stabbing movie or an impalement film. Yeah, I, I think so. I thought that Kittredge just Ooh, that's faked a, that's shooting him. That's a good point. What? Oh, stabbing point. Mm-hmm. Impaling. Mm-hmm. When are you gonna give us the due date to your child? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, uh, what is, what was I gonna say? Uh, I, I forget. Yeah, it's crazy because the 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 most like, I think like attacking 
kind of thing in that sequence is just when he hooks the helicopter up to the train and then it's like oh well he's gonna crash and the chopper just goes into the cave and i was like whoa uh luther gives kittredge the knock list after everything's said and done and by the way like i don't know why wouldn't kittredge at least question if Ethan was just faking showing him Phelps since we already see and presumably Kittredge knows that Ethan has the face technology. Anyway, so it's <laughs> classified. Stop asking questions. Uh, Luther gives Kittredge the knock list, gets off the... Oh, by the way, him taking out the glasses was so slow. He could have shot him then. It had the glasses <laughs> at least. <laughs> he, he has him at gunpoint or more or less gunpoint for a solid three or four minutes. And then lets him go on a monologue. So, I mean, I honestly, I think it was the strategic slowness of of it. Um, And and the glasses, I mean, Phelps was obviously an agent. So, you obviously know that these glasses exist. I mean, he probably had a pair too. So, for him knowing that Ethan Hunt doesn't normally wear glasses, pulls glass out of his pocket. I mean, yo, come on. The only reason I can believe that 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 doing it really slowly actually worked is uh, Drax. I don't want to tell that story. Uh, Drax from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Where it's like it's invisible. No. Uh, Luther gives Kittredge the knock list. Gets off the disavowed list. Kittredge finds out Max's identity. Uh, she goes into negotiation mode, and we close out the mission with Ethan and Luther grabbing beers. Luther's got the great line of I'm going to miss being disreputable before we close the music with a recreation of Phelps's opening scene, but with Ethan on the plane and not, I presume since he, you said he chews so much gum, he's not going to be able to cover up the, uh, so the explosion or whatever, the self-destruction cue the music. And that was the plot. Oh my gosh. We've only been live slash recording for an hour and 11 minutes. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> um, the next part that we'll go to, unless anyone wants to talk about any other stuff about the plot is the nope, four. He, he was just going to vape his way through the, um, the smoke. <laughs> He's he pulling out his vape pen. He was going to puff a big old cloud. I just I love the aspect of of John Voight's plan where he's like he's like ah yes Ethan I knew that you'd get horny because I was horny first <laughs> like that's basically it like why why you would have a romance with that lady he's like well she's kind of hot and I'm into her so you will be too I assume you know what I I wouldn't be surprised if the straw that broke the camel's back was the weird misogyny dropped right at the end. Like, a loveless marriage, fine. But with him being so weirdly misogynistic, I would assume he's he'd be totally happy in the marriage <laughs> still. Like, he yeah. if he's that weird about her to another dude he's not there for the for the quality of the relationship. There's no love there. Yeah, so I think if they had just cut out that line, I, I would be really interested. I'm sure we can't find out now, but I'd be really interested if that was the straw that broke Camel's back. Uh, now we're going into the 420 review, which if you are familiar with Kind of Funnies uh, in review, they do haiku in review. I don't. 
this is just inspired. I've been wanting to do something like this since seeing uh, Mr. Sunday Movies doing Caravan of Garbage. Highly recommended. But the editing required for that, too much. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so when I finally tripped over Kind of Funny's review, I was like, oh, brilliant. Uh, so instead of doing that, we're doing 420 review. What that means is it's a 20-word review and you you do four-word sentences. So I'll go first and we're going to do hosts first but if anyone wants to join the membership for free at moviesordope.com you can submit your own your own 420 reviews to be featured here mine goes thusly mission impossible not really not reboot just recast weirdly sexual calm down no script great time mission impossible hell yeah and who wants to go next? <laughs> um, um, I didn't actually write mine down, kind of, so I'm just going to kind of wing it so it might not be quite 20, but um, uh, bro sees boss killed. Bro gets, <laughs> bro gets mad. Bro gets disavowed. Bro, bro, sees bro gets Omer. real mad. Bro gets real disavowed. <laughs> yeah, real disavowed. Uh, bro sees real hot. Nope, sees hot woman. And Bro, mm, try jails, <laughs> yeah, jail, jails dead boss. <laughs> he Bro jails dead boss. <laughs> well, now Phelps is yep. dead. He's a barbecue. <laughs> like they're gonna have to get dental records to confirm that it was actually Phelps. Bro, bro kills dead boss. All right, mine is. I hate Tom Cruise. Never seen Mission Impossible. I liked this movie. <laughs> Had a great time. Plot holes? No. Classified. <laughs> I was waiting I for uh, I love Ethan. I still Hunt. hate Tom Cruise, but I had to I had to do the callback joke. <laughs> All right. So uh I think I'm going to be eliminating this future unless this actually goes, but does anyone want to mention like your most dope player, favorite person, basically favorite person or most dope moment in the film? Um, my favorite person, obviously not Ethan hunt is probably, um, probably Jack, the computer guy. Um, just because he took, he took crap and didn't was still did still did his job just fine <laughs> and then just gets impaled for absolutely no reason that he could have could have completely avoided it chose not to yeah. uh i'll say my most dope player was claire actually she i think she wasn't given a lot but she killed it the actress she killed what she needed to do she she was so fucking convincing she, obviously she knows her husband's still alive but like that performance was like excellent if if john voigt was trying to play phelps as a bad actor that wouldn't have made sense because he's a spy but he did a horrible job at it. she did a great job at faking good acting or i guess yeah uh and my most dope moment i don't know i'll say ving rames uh saying that beautiful anytime piece. the gum or the masks are used <laughs> All right. Um, mine's probably the train sequence when that when the um, helicopter gets pulled through the tunnel. Nice. That that is that is a great shot. 
Uh, all right. So ranking the villains, we're ranking three different things. And the way this ranking will go is it's not like a tier list. It's just going to be number one. And then when we get another example, we're going to say, is this better? Is this a new number one or should this be the number two? Yada, yada. So ranking the villains here, we've got, this is going to be so quick because we've got uh, Phelps, secret villain, and Kittredge was an antagonist. So he's the villain. So uh, Phelps Kittredge is number one. Rank then we're ranking the movies. So Mission Possible One is number one, and then we'll be ranking the mission haircuts. This is number one to begin. Uh, if you want to give your opinions on the rankings for this, or I guess the future ones, uh, you can do that. Uh, Spotify or the distribution has a place where you can put your answer there or on YouTube or in the membership site, which comes with discord access. Uh, everybody, where do you want them to follow you? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere. Brad F nine one two. Um, you can pretty much hit me up on any one of those, including letterbox and watch me rate good movies. Terribly. <laughs> Aaron. Oh no, Aaron seems to be frozen. Oh no. All right. So uh-huh. I'll use this opportunity while Aaron's frozen to say go to moviesardope.com. It's a free first month for everything that doesn't give a physical gift. And you can watch these ad free there and add your own 420 review for this or other franchises that we'll be doing in the future. Anyone who decides to come back. In the meantime, Get some mission reviewathon swag. They are limited time. I didn't say that earlier. I don't think, but most of them are limited time with a special number one on it because every reviewathon shirt or hoodie or pillow is going to have a one, a two for each like series that we do. So if Spider Man was next, it'd be uh, with great review comes great a thon and it would have a number two so you can collect them all as we go and aaron since you're frozen what's what's the special things they should engage with you on uh you can follow me on twitter instagram and tiktok at aaron roots 427 you can find uh just videos of mine on youtube um i talk about all sorts of random stuff i recently did a review for the flash uh so check that out um, but yeah, I'm everywhere. I'm easy to talk to. All right. And all the links that these gentlemen send me will be in the descriptions. So follow them there. But uh, this was your mission. You accepted it. We appreciated it. And we'll see you in the next one. I didn't plan the end. So goodbye. This video will self-destruct. In <laughs> yes, that was Three, it. Two, one. Brad, say bye-bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs>